Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Album for the Day, June 24th, 2021, keeping up silver anniversaries. Albums released in 1996. Today we chose Load by Metallica. Such a monumental album. In the timeline of the band as well as rock and roll in general, I would say. Absolutely. This is a turning point for Metallica. You could argue that this album is as pivotal to Metallica's timeline as the self-titled Black album. I would say more so. I would say the commercial success of the Black album drove them to this turning point. Driven? No, no, no. Far beyond Driven's Far beyond. Pantera, Jay, oh, that not is. Metallica. That's true. That's true. It's some influence there. Um, Actually, uh, they did the, list them as an influence. Oh, there's so... there's And I, another reason I would say that this is a bigger turning point than the Black Album is this, this, all the different styles that they play on this album. They are experimenting as musicians... They're going out there and they're like, yeah, we can blow your face off with our live shows. We can, we can play metal. We can play thrash. You know, we can do all this stuff. But can we play country? And they answered that on this album with Mama Said. The, yes. I mean, and the answer, and the answer is, yes. is yes. And they, they, they went out and they tried new things. They listened to a bunch of different bands that... Maybe they hadn't listened to them before, or maybe they just didn't influence them as much in their previous recordings. But this album, they went for it. And Well, I actually read that they, they obviously had their own influences, but they toured over the self-titled Black album during the five-year hiatus for at least three of those years. And when you've got all that stinking dead time, really, like, you're either listening to music or making music as a musician. And if you're not in the studio crafting something of your own, maybe you're listening to something. And Mm -hmm. I found a whole list of influences that they actually said from this period. I was not familiar with Caius, K-Y-U-S-S. That's Josh from Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm in a desert rock band. That's all I'm going to say here, but they were fascinating to read about. Mm. As well as Allison Chain's Soundgarden, Primus, ZZ Top, Pantera, <laughs> Corrosion of Conformity, Ted Nugent, Aerosmith. Then it gets interesting with Oasis, Alanis Morissette, and Garth Brooks. Those aren't what rock people said were influences in the album. That's what they said and I influenced think, them. And I think that's fantastic. The fact Absolutely. that James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich are listening to Garth Brooks before they record songs, it really says a lot about who they are as musicians and what they wanted to do. For a bunch of guys that argued and about killed each other, <laughs> as you can see, if you've heard anything, read anything... It's all out there. They are notorious for getting 
at each other's throats in the studio over getting it their own way. Mm-hmm. To be influenced by such a wide variety, that's such a interesting... It's astounding. <laughs> yes, it really is just a head-scratcher as I scratch my own head. Well, the, and another reason I feel that they got a, this sound is the producer, Bob Rock. He, I think, influenced their sound quite a bit on this album. Well, he produced the last album, too. That's true. But five years later, I think that he embraced the fact that they had something different to say. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the one that kind of led them down the path. This is also the first album where Kirk plays rhythm guitar on recordings on four different tracks. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about doubling the guitar. And James was like, well, I can... I can play it myself, and then I can play it drunk, but it really just sounds like me drunk playing it. (laughs) (laughs) i got to get somebody else in there so that it sounds a little different. It doesn't sound mechanical. Right. And it only makes sense he is in the band and plays the instrument. Yeah. Well, I might add, I feel like James Hetfield may be the best rhythm guitar player of all time. I mean... There's not, I mean, to sing and play the difficult songs that he does, I, I, he's just... He's he been, lights my hair on fire. Yeah, yeah, like Michael Jackson. Like James Hetfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so they actually recorded 28 drum tracks, and I thought it was interesting hearing how they recorded drum tracks. They all went in the studio... And everybody's playing, and they can hear it, but the only thing they're recording is the drums. And then they go back later and lay everything else on top of that. So that obviously ended up being their follow-up album as well, Reload. And, you know, they did a bunch of interesting stuff on here. There's two songs on here that are just two of my favorite Metallica songs. Notoriously just shot down, ugly stuff said about, I don't care. Um, and then there was Mama Said, but Hero of the Day and King Nothing are hero both the, man. We're, hero of the freaking day. We, we are seeing eye to eye on this. Mm. Hero of the Day and Mama Said are the two tracks that I really like, and they both have that kind of southern rock or or country kind of feel to them too. So uh, that's it's it's interesting that those are your favorite. King tracks Nothing's as well. a little bit of throwback to previous style. Um, not so much of an advancement, but the other two definitely are. And then until it sleeps is just with, uh, uh, broken English, Marianne faithful is the, it's, I think this was the only time Metallica had a guest performer on a studio album. That's entirely possible. I know that they did garage Inc and had like John Popper and Jerry Cantrell and some people like that play on that album. But they weren't featured. They weren't, a, yeah, and, and they Mar- definitely Mar- weren't in the video, if I recall correctly. No. Whereas Marianne, Marianne Faithful, Faithful was, was in it. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the video to "Until It Sleeps," it's creepy. It and is. It really is. Mm-hmm. It, it and it was an introduction to the world visually of this album. Mm-hmm. It was the first single, first video, and it was the first look that everybody got of Metallica's new haircuts and style. And <laughs> Boy, people, man, people freaked out when they cut their hair. It was, I remember that being like, it, I thought it was so silly. 
I was sitting there like, okay, so they they cut their hair and everybody's, oh man, they're not the same band and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude, they're blowing your face away right now. Like, what do you care? Yeah, like and and like they're they're evolving. They're they they can't play the same stuff for forty years. And the sign said the long-haired hippie people need not apply. Yeah. And it, 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 Kirk Hammett actually said, I had long hair for 20 fucking years. Yeah. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They, 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 they had done that, and it was time to move on. So they actually did move on. The uh, James Hetfield has, in retrospect looked back on this period and said he didn't make a lot of the decisions, nor did he agree with them. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say when we've got pictures of you in the album, James. Yeah. Easy to say, hard to prove. Mm-hmm. But he claims that Kirk and Lars made most of the decisions involving that. He said that there were twice as many pictures in the album liner notes of Cuban suits and eyeliner and... That kind of stuff, but it really was twice as many because he tore out half of them. Wow. And the album cover, Andres Serrano, Semen and Blood 3 is the name of the work being displayed. Yep. And it is bovine blood, so cow blood, mixed with the artist's own semen squished in between two uh, pieces of plexiglass and then photographed. We're just going to leave you with the word squished Mm. and move along (laughs) to the fact that there were three different pieces of which they chose this one. They chose this one. Um, I thought it was fairly interesting that this album was actually edited because of a manufacturing restriction. The CD could not, the CD manufacturer told them that anything longer than 78 minutes and 59 seconds would cause the CD to skip. Hmm. So Metallica had to shave some off of the Outlaw Torn. According to Kirk, this super sweet. Uh, end of the guitar. I mean, it's a really long piece. Mm-hmm. Really long. It's epic, even. And I don't mean that in a colloquial way. Mm-hmm. It is an epic piece of music. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was painful. And they ended up releasing the unedited version on a single as a B side. And they called it something about the manufacturing unedited something or another. I was like, (laughs) you guys. Mm -hmm. And the whole first pressing when it went out on CD had little stickers on it that said 7859. Well, this is the longest Metallica album still to date. Yes, it is. It's also the first. No, it wasn't the first one to. Oh, I think it was the first to debut at number one. Yes, it was. Yes. So everyone can talk all the smack they want, but it started at the top. It did. And it stayed there for a while, too. It did. Yeah. But, you know, from the top 
going to the bottom, Metallica tuned down a half a step for mm-hmm. the entire album, mm-hmm. supposedly so they could perform string bends in the riffs easier and increase James's vocal opportunities. Hmm. Well, I think it worked well. I think this album, um, if you could call it underrated, I feel that it is. Well, today, June 24th, 2021, album for the day. Go out and rock your face to some Metallica load. Carry that weight. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!